2: Snowden Bishop. Hi, and
3: welcome back to a live edition today of the Cannabis Reporter radio show right here at KFNX Studio in Central Phoenix. I'm your host, Snowden Bishop, here with marijuana expert and former cannabis beat reporter at the Phoenix New Times, Nate Nichols. Shall we get started? Yeah, um, gosh, we're just 30, way, 30 days away from the election, and this year, Arizona voters have a chance to determine the future of cannabis in the state. With polls indicating more than 50% of Arizona adults favor regulating marijuana like alcohol, the outcome of Prop 205 depends upon whether or not they show up to vote. So now is the time to learn all we can about the economic, social, and health benefits of legalization so that we can make informed decisions at the ballot box. Fortunately, voters have an opportunity to learn all they can next weekend, October 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo. The event will kick off on Friday with an all-day cannabis boot camp where people can learn all they need to know about marijuana and entering the billion-dollar cannabis industry. Dozens of speakers, workshops, exhibitions by more than 300 vendors will be showcased in the exhibition halls on Saturday and Sunday. And if you're on the fence about 205, you definitely don't want to miss this event. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. We have kind of a full studio. We have Dimitri Downing, a former prosecutor who's organizing the Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo. Jeff Rydell, a gentleman farmer who is also helping to organize. Kim Prince, who is really intimately involved in, in organizing speakers. And, of course, uh, one of our speakers, Marvin Washington, is standing by on the phone. He's an NFL, uh, an NFL champion. And right now, before we get to the guests, let's talk to Nate Nichols. He has kind of an update of what we can expect at the, at the conference this week.
4: Thanks, Snowden. I'm here today to give you an overview of what you can expect at the second annual Cannabis conference, Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo, which is happening next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. October 14th through the 16th at the Phoenix Convention Center. The SWCC Expo will be the first ever conference to be centered entirely around a ballot initiative. The theme of this year's conference is the world of tomorrow. It will showcase the Southwest's thriving medical marijuana market and paint a picture of what legal adult use marijuana would look like if Arizona were to pass Proposition 205. On Friday, Medicine Man Technologies, a leading Colorado consulting firm, will be holding their marijuana boot camp. This course will give people the information they need to secure a job in America's fastest-growing industry. They will, be able to, they will cover a wide variety of subjects, including cultivation, retail, extraction, edible production, laboratory testing, and professional services, all with the goal of helping people decide which aspect of the marijuana industry is right for them. On Saturday and Sunday, advocates, healthcare professionals, celebrities, and innovative brands from Arizona and across the nation will be showcased on the expo floor at the convention center. Panels of industry experts will inform attendees about current trends in the marijuana industry with a focus on the future of the legal marijuana industry in Arizona. Arizonas won't want to miss this opportunity to educate themselves about this industry, especially given this historic opportunity to vote on legalizing marijuana this November. To purchase tickets, you can go to www.swccexpo2016.com.
3: Thanks, Nate. And, you know, we can also uh, have people enter to win two tickets to the event. Absolutely. That's right. So um, there are two ways to do this. You can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com, TC TC Reporter, right? Yeah, TC Reporter. Or you can go to our website, www.thecannabisreporter.com, and you'll see a link that says enter to win two tickets. So that, that'll be a good opportunity. You have to tell us why you'd like to come, and then we'll do a random drawing that'll be announced on Thursday,
4: correct? That's awesome.
3: Yeah. So uh, let's get to this. Um, first, I would like to introduce Dimitri. Uh, just say a quick hello. Um, you've been in the thick of this, organizing this event. Um, you did it last year. It was hugely successful. Tell us just briefly about last year.
2: You know, uh, <clears throat> thanks, Nate. Thanks, Snowden. Yeah, the um, last year's conference was October 2015. We had 5,000 to 6,000 members of the Arizona community. I like to say taxpayers, voters, media, politicians, curiosity seekers, entrepreneurs, job seekers. They they all came because it's a very unique environment that exists now where an individual can come to the Phoenix Convention Center and see what a tax and regulate model for marijuana policy looks like. There's no way that any individual right now could say, hey, I want to tour the black market that exists in the alleys and the houses that are where people are growing illegally and the the cars that are going back and forth between Mexico with marijuana and cash and the cartels. There's no invitation to that world. And uh, that's a world that's caused by the model of prohibition. So the new model for marijuana policy, whether or not you support the use of marijuana or not, is shifting to a tax and regulate model. And what we have at the Phoenix Convention Center is a unique opportunity where individuals can come see what it looks like with tax and regulate. And they'll find something very interesting, which is contrary to a lot of people out there thinking to themselves, oh, there's this new marijuana policy coming, whether it's medicinal, whether it's recreational, adult use, call it whatever you want. And somehow more people are going to be smoking marijuana. That's absolutely not the case. It's just a change in the way we manage the policy of marijuana, whether you believe it's a problem or not. Tell you, people ask me all the time, Dimitri, you don't like marijuana? You do like marijuana? I I just don't know where you stand. And I said, what I do like is common sense solutions to problems, practical problems. We know that there's no access problem to marijuana in the state of Arizona right now. We know that there's a thriving black market, so we're shifting it to tax and regulate slowly over time. And that's what this medicinal marijuana industry is. That's what the recreational marijuana industry is. This is why we see the policy shift across America and that's what the uh, SWCC Expo is down at um, down at the convention center. It's an opportunity for people to come, you know, look behind the curtains, see who's see who the wizard is, you know. And the black market doesn't allow that, so it's very exciting to showcase this for the for the voters of Arizona. We invite them all to come down. I have a lot more to tell you about the conference. Uh, you know, we actually uh, hand delivered invitations and free tickets to Governor Ducey, to Bill Montgomery, to all their offices, uh, so that they could come down and learned for themselves the difference between tax and regulate versus prohibition. The only time they learn about prohibition is in their police reports. You know, it's just it's just a common sense model. And, and I, I ask or invite every citizen of the state of Arizona to come down and learn from themselves. However they feel about marijuana use and medicinal, adult, recreational, it's just a more intelligent method uh, than prohibition as to how to handle, handle the situation with marijuana policy. That's what the Expo is about.
3: Right, and there there are so many other facets to that. I think before we get into some of the other ones, um, I'd like to see if Marvin Washington is still on the phone over there. Uh, Marvin, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. Good morning, everybody.
3: Hey, good morning. Thank you. I know you have to go, so I wanted to just get to you really quickly, but thanks so much for calling in. Um, You have some amazing things to say about um, transitioning from opioid use to uh, medical cannabis in the NFL. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect when they come to hear you talk over the weekend next weekend?
1: Well, I've, I've always uh, said that uh, sports are a microcosm of society, and right now we have a opiate prescription drug uh, epidemic that, that's, that's eaten up the fabric or the underbelly, underbelly of this country. And so if it's 10% or 15% of society that, that has this issue, then it's 10 or 15% in, in the NFL. Uh, and it could be a, a little, little higher because the thing that I know about the NFL is that guys are being medicated, and I don't say medicated, I say they're being poisoned, um, weekly and, and daily, either with anti-inflammatories or with pain pills or pain blockers or um, some other type of opiate that they take just to be able to practice and to play. And what I want to bring attention to is there is a safer alternative uh, out there. And on the panel with me is going to be Dr. David Tompkins, who's using it in his treatment center because um, he has a drug treatment center. And he's using CBD. I'm sorry, I, I skipped that part. CBD, cannabinoid, which is a non-psychotropic. Um, chemical in, in, in the cannabis plant, and I just feel that if there's ever a sport that that needs to experiment with cannabis as a pain reliever, it's football.
3: Yeah, but not only uh, that, it's also anti-inflammatory and also neuro-regenerative, because I know a lot of those injuries, the football injuries, are the CTE, which is a form of traumatic encephalopathy, and... It, it, it's been shown that cannabis can really help uh, people suffering with that condition, correct?
1: Of, of course. That's why I think cannabis, you know, the, 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 Roger Goodell and the NFL uh, like to say that, you know, they're following the science, but they need to lead the science on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, the, the, you know, as you mentioned, with, with chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, that's the NFL's industrial disease. And they need to solve it, and it's not going to be solved by a bed or helmet because the helmet is never going to stop a concussion. Uh, it, it, they need to look at, you know, science. And like you said, it's an antioxidant, it's a, a protectant, and it's anti-inflammatory. So that's the head and the body. And, you know, that's what guys are doing right now as we speak. They're putting the heads and the body at risk, at risk for when, they, when, when they're 30 years old and 40 years old and 50 years old. And this issue is not going to go away, but let's try to have a mature discussion about it and, and put everything on the table and see what can help. And get rid of your negative stigmas and your negative connotation and just follow the signs. Right. And if they follow the signs, I think they comes to a logical conclusion.
3: Yeah, and I, I think also if there are people out there who are really skeptical about um, regulating marijuana, uh, for this reason they really should come and hear you speak. Do you know when... Uh, do you know what time of day during the conference you'll be speaking?
1: I believe I'm speaking on Saturday because I'm speaking on uh, a couple of other panels. But um, you know, it, it's nice to meet Dimitri, and I thank him for the opportunity. But and and kind of tell you what what I'm doing is uh, I know I'm speaking Saturday at one o'clock and Saturday at two o'clock. Uh, the, I think the yeah, so the. Uh, the opiate panel is going to be at one o'clock, and then there's going to be an NFL sports panel at at two o'clock Saturday. And I'm doing a personal outreach to the NFL PA, uh, uh chapter that's out there of uh, NFL alumni that's out there and inviting them so that they can come and hear the talk and and also see about this industry uh, because I I think just coming and saying it and saying that we're not all hippies and we're not all cheek and chong or it's reaper madness. This will, this will help further the movement and it'll get us more advocates on our side. So, so I'm doing that. And I invite anybody in the area, ex-athlete, football, wrestling, baseball, whatever, to, to come and get educated because uh, I've gone down the road and I'm educated and I'm an advocate for uh, the whole cannabis plant. Uh, Because I realize about the entourage effect, and I know about our endocannabinoid system, but I know what good it can do the body, and I'm on a CBD regime regularly. Uh, It's part of my morning routine. It's part of when I go to sleep. So uh, I'm a big proponent of it, and I invite everybody out to come see it for themselves.
3: Well, I really look forward to it. I think Dimitri has something to add uh, to uh, that. Marvin,
2: uh, real quickly, I was was a prosecutor for 10 years um, before I got involved in the medical marijuana industry. When I first got involved in the medical marijuana industry, I wasn't a huge advocate. I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought there was just a bunch of hippies trying to figure out a way to smoke pot. But one thing, I have, one thing I have learned 100% unequivocally, and as an ex-prosecutor, we're trained to not spin, not embellish, not exaggerate, only tell the truth, is that the right for individuals to medical to medical marijuana is an absolute right. It is unconditional. I have seen with uh, – there's no real – the research isn't there, of course, as we as it needs to be. It needs to evolve more. But I've seen empirically with my own eyes and and experience for myself how the, the number of beneficial uses to individuals. So I'm 100% on board with what, what you're talking about. I even had a friend who in March of 2015 reached out to me and he said, Dimitri, you know, I'm, I'm on opioids and I'd like to learn more about medical marijuana. I hear you're an expert. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, he died of an overdose of a combination of alcohol and opioids and i'm wow. trying to get his mother to speak publicly about it she's still you know i mean he should be alive right now you know but he was an alcoholic yeah. and the combination of opioids and alcoholism puts a lot of people at risk oh, yeah. marijuana as an alternative will save many many lives so i'm looking forward to talking with you i'm looking forward to meeting with you and thank you for coming to the conference
3: yeah um,
1: i like I said I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity to come out there and I'm doing my own personal outreach uh because the, the other things that that other panel I'm going to be on is a diversity panel and Demetri, as a former prosecutor I am sure you already know how the people of color who are heavily involved in that process when the plant was illegal now that it's becoming more acceptable and legal I just want you know uh, my people and people minorities and even including Native Americans to know about this industry and the tremendous opportunities that are available and you don 't have to you don 't have to uh grow it or sell it to be in this industry. There are plenty of other op- it, uh, opportunities to be in this industry, and the bottom line is you 're helping people I believe that you 're helping people ninety five uh ninety percent of the time you 're going to be helping people uh it, w- with with this plant and so I'm doing everything I can, and you're talking about outreach, is I run my own 503C, I believe, because I get texts and emails and Facebook messages and messages on social media from ex-teammates and my peers that I played in the NFL with that have a father that's dealing with cancer and, and, and the effect of chemotherapy and what have you, that her cannabis can help. Uh, another teammate, his son, has cancer, stage 4 cancer, needs some comfort. Uh, he heard cannabis can help another teammate wife reaching out to me. He's not the same. Can you get him something? Uh, you know, and I heard cannabis can help. And then they, they, they always say, we marijuana and whatever. And then I get to, you know, walk them down tell them the difference between THC and CBD, but I am, you know, I'm looking forward to coming out there and furthering this movement. And, uh, I just thank you for the opportunity.
3: Thank you. Uh, I think that the more people like you who lend their voice to this issue, the, the greater the movement will succeed and hopefully convince people who just aren't convinced quite yet. So,
2: yeah, Marvin, when, uh, when you're out here, remind me to tell you about my stories uh, in regards to the Native American communities I've worked in, because I worked in prosecuting in Southern Arizona, which is a transportation drug corridor, and as well as anything else that's illegal – uh, from Mexico up to Casa Grande and Phoenix. And you talk about individuals who were otherwise, you know, historically over the last thousands and thousands of years, they would have been recognized as the clever individuals who understood uh, mercantilism and understood trade routes and they were entrepreneurs and they saw an opportunity to bring marijuana from Mexico to Casa Grande or Phoenix. Uh, you talk about the number of individuals who are now serving federal time uh, for the oh, transportation wow. of marijuana. It's extraordinary. And and uh, there's a lot of stories and a lot of interesting stuff going on on the on the southern Arizona border as marijuana policy shifts.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely will get with you and, and share some study share some stories with you and, and maybe you can give give me some guidance because uh, I'm 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 all in I'm definitely all in and I'm trying to uh, I'm doing some things on the scientific side which I, don't, I don't, I'm not. I don't really want to share, but I just want to keep moving and, and, and moving forward and showing people that this is not, you know, the devil's weed. This is not something that's going to make you crazy or whatever. It, it helps a lot of people. I know it. Uh, as Dimitri said, there's not a lot of science behind it, but, uh, there's enough, uh, Anadoli and there's enough people out there that, that can tell you that how it has helped them. And, uh, yeah, I just want to keep moving forward and, and moving this. this, And I call it a movement because we're not an industry yet, like the tobacco, alcohol industry, but, and regulated and whatever, but that's coming. I know that's coming, but I just want to keep moving this thing forward and showing people that we're not all just hippies trying to smoke weed. Yeah,
2: and also keep in mind, you know, I mean, we have 26 states now with medicinal marijuana. It polls at 70%, 90%. I mean, in different states, it's, it's just here to stay. These yeah. people, it's, it's almost crazy that we ever restricted individuals' rights to make their own choice, to Mm -hmm. liberty to make their own healthcare decisions, to medicate with a natural plant. It it almost seems silly to me that that actually even occurred at this point. Now, the adult use recreational debate, that's a whole different discussion. I err on the side of liberty and prohibition as a broken model to solve a problem should you perceive it to be a problem. But additionally, as you were saying, we have evidence now, whether it's research or anecdotal, that it's an absolute right, and it's just going to keep sweeping across America. Uh, You know, that being said, there's an industry behind it, and uh, it can look a number of different ways from mom-and-pop to large corporation. and that's part of what the conference is about, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you're talking about it's silly and it's crazy with the prohibition of it, and, you know, that's one of the things that when I get in this industry and see the etymology of, of the prohibition and what have you, it kind of pisses me off because uh, uh, a lot of it was straight up racism uh, from the, the head of uh, the DEA. Was it um, in 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 incept? No. Well, with the DNA, the DEA came about through uh, Henry. What was his name? Henry Aschlinger. Anslinger. Anslinger.
3: Yeah. Anslinger.
1: Yeah, yeah that guy. Man. Standard he Oil did, Air. Yeah, the 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 good that he did was buried with him, and the bad that he did is, is still carrying on, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's there were money. there were a
3: group of them, and they were the old boys club, and they really did a number on uh, marijuana. That's for sure. Starting back in the 1930s, even
2: you know. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. If the model of prohibition really works, I mean, why is it that you know President Bush, President Clinton, President Obama, all three of them have tried marijuana and made a choice not to consume it? If prohibition really works, how did those guys get their hand on it? You know, it just there's there's a lot of examples out there as to how prohibition just is just a and 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 so we were talking about this before the show, you know. Personally, I'm not a, a big alcohol drinker. I'm not a big tobacco guy. I'm not a big marijuana guy. But I'm I'm uh, I'm about individuals making good, responsible, moderate choices. But prohibition as a model just isn't the right approach to yeah. solving if you perceive it to be a problem to solving it.
3: Yeah, we have we have a number of um a no- number of shows online too that people can go and listen to if they're really curious about this. Um, we even interviewed a former DEA agent a couple of weeks ago who was you know, on the front lines in the war against drugs and now he 's on the front lines in the war against prohibition and wow. I think that a lot more people of that that uh, legal ca- caliber in the criminal justice system in the political arena a lot more people are are really starting to catch on with this so Anyway, but Marvin, uh, we're really looking forward to your talks next weekend, and we'll definitely uh, have you listed online. And um, please get in touch as soon as you get in and stop by. We're going to be broadcasting from the uh, from the the show on two days, uh, Saturday and Sunday. So stop by and and catch us at our our booth. And I really look forward to seeing you. And thanks again for calling in. I know you need to go.
2: Yeah, Marvin, if you yeah, can Facebook I me. It. <laughs> Go ahead. if you could contact me over <laughs> facebook
1: okay. and uh hey listen guys i look forward to seeing you and let's keep moving oh, man, because we have to
3: thank you for fighting the good fight marvin and we'll talk to you soon
1: thank you okay Again.
3: thanks bye-bye wow so bye-bye. i'm really looking forward to hearing him talk um kim and <laughs> love to talk to you for a second um uh tell us a little bit about what it is that you're, you've are you got planned, because I know that you're in the planning uh, process right now. And hi, Snowden. Hi. So what are some of the highlights we can look forward to?
5: Well, we've got a great expo, and one of the reasons I love this event is that it's, so to speak, family-friendly. It's a place where you can come in and ask some of those questions about cannabis that you may not know who to ask. Um There's exhibitors on the floor, there's panel speakers, uh, there's a lot of media will be there. One of my favorite panels that I'm looking forward to because I uh, am one of the women of Arizona who's a proponent of Prop 205 is the panel on Sunday that is considered a Power Women of Cannabis panel. Uh, The panel features about five Arizona cannabis powerhouses these are women that are working in the state of Arizona in legal the legal cannabis market, but more importantly, they're working nationally. Um Arcview Media estimates that cannabis is a $67 billion industry. Cannabis, for me as a professional, has provided an opportunity to create jobs, to work in a field where people are passionate, to... Move forward women in executive positions. On the whole, in the cannabis industry, 36% of uh, the executives are women as compared to only 22% in other industries. So we're just super excited to, I want to personally invite women who have any question or want to know how to get involved in the industry to come down to the expo. Meet the power women of cannabis in Arizona. Um, learn how it affects your community, how it affects your economy, and how perhaps it could even affect your career. Um, one last thing, Snowden, I think another really important component is uh, healthcare. Uh, included in the power panel, there'll also be Nurse Heather, um, who is a very famous RN, who is a proponent of cannabis. We'll have Sarah Gullickson, she's an MBA. Uh, Most all of these women are from Arizona. We'll have Laura Bianchi, a partner at Rose Law Group. We'll have Megan Stone, uh, founder of the first interior design firm for cannabis dispensaries. So we're just going to have a a great lineup. And again, I'm in a guy centric panel today, um, but we Hmm. encourage the women to come on down. We'll have, as Marvin talked about, uh, opioid panels, NFL panels. We'll have manufacturers of edibles there. We'll have a law panel, investment panel, and even information on how to treat your pets with cannabis. So, again, I love this event and really want to encourage anyone who's curious about cannabis, this is a beautiful way to come down uh, and experience it. One last note is Friday we are having a $99 only uh, boot camp. It's an all-day Session where you're going to be immersed in the cannabis industry. So the floor is open on Saturday, Sunday, but we really encourage those who are serious about cannabis and really want to immerse themselves in learning to register for the cannabis boot camp on that takes place on Friday. So just a fabulous event.
2: Great, Thank you know, you. Uh, Jeff is here from uh, the Cannabis Career Institute out of California. We're fortunate to have him. Um, but uh, he's going to be helping out with the Friday event. And the best way to learn about cannabis uh, and the cannabis industry and all the different dynamics is to come to the boot camp Friday. Then you get a free ticket to the expo on Saturday or Sunday. And then start exploring what some other people are doing. But we're fortunate to have Medicine Man Technologies out of Colorado who are going to come talk about you know cannabis and the, the Colorado experience and the industry, how it looks, medicinally adult use. And we're going to have a small Arizona component as well. Um, But uh, that is the best way for an individual who just wants to explore what the new tax and regulate model is all about uh, to get involved, which is so Friday at SWCCExpo2016.com. Just sign up for that and then come hang out Saturday and Sunday and ask questions. Just talk to people. Find out what they're doing.
3: Yeah, I definitely want to ask Jeff Redell about about the boot camp and uh, some other things as well. But first I wanted to just also add to what Kim had said because I think that there will be a lot of of parents and um, that was uh, actually um, either one of you can answer that there will be parents at the expo oh, as well absolutely. who are going to be talking about some of the miraculous uh, healing that's happened with their children who were debilitated by pharmaceuticals and that sort of thing correct absolutely health care and women are the primary decision
5: makers for healthcare decisions, well, mm-hmm. for their family healthcare decisions, mm-hmm. um, you will meet a variety of parents who have severely uh, seizure-prone children, um, autism, etc. These a are lot parents of
3: conditions that aren't even on the medical list at this point.
5: Yes, yes. absolutely. You'll meet uh, parents. One of the things I love about the industry is. The healthcare component and the compassionate I, care, the compassionate care, and where you stand politically. What I found about this industry and those decisions are it doesn't matter whether you lean left or whether you lean right. When you're a parent, you're looking for something that can provide relief to your child. Mm-hmm. So you'll meet with parents who are quiet activists or loud activists, depending on the family, um, who have seen uh, cannabis. Provide relief for their child with uh, chronic conditions. It's a, a very delicate issue, but it's something that needs to be discussed, and we'll have everything from the parents to the healthcare professionals, uh, physicians to the parent to speak about.
3: Yeah. And some of their stories are just absolutely heartbreaking. Like when you hear about parents who've had to completely uproot and relocate their children because. Um, they couldn't get the medication that they needed because they were in a state that didn't allow it. Or even in states where they did allow it, if it wasn't a medical condition that qualified, they'd yes. even have to go from states like, you know, Arizona to Colorado. To Colorado, yes. And it's just heartbreaking. Absolutely. I've uh, met uh, one young lady,
5: Alexis Bortel, um, who had to – she was 10. Uh, she and her family moved to Colorado from Texas because – the THC-based tinctures um, were effective in relieving her seizures. She was able to have a normal life with the THC tincture versus the heavy pharmaceuticals that were the only recommendation do- doctors could prescribe in Texas. Right, so,
3: and often cause so many side effects that their children just
5: can't get well. She was she was hospital bound, basically mm-hmm. bed bound, mm-hmm. um, on the heavy pharmaceuticals for her seizure condition. Now she leads the life of a normal ten year old girl. She's probably eleven by now, maybe twelve, sorry Alexis. But um she's able to ride her bike. She's not bedbound. She yeah. is like any normal girl. And of course, there's no side effects. Mm-hmm. Super important to her and her family. The young lady has a lot of presence. She'll meet people very much in that same vein at the expo mm-hmm. who are willing to talk, and also answer
3: questions. Right, right. And Jeff. Yes. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit more about the boot camp? Because I know you've been right on Friday.
0: We've got Medicine Man Technologies coming down from Denver. They're the nation's leader in educating the cannabis market. And they've been doing it up in Colorado uh, about five years now, really knocking it out. But this really is going to be a great opportunity to for people to learn about the business of cannabis. One of the things that people don't understand is that about there's only about 20% of the people in the industry that actually touch flour. Mm-hmm. The other 80% is all the other ancillary businesses that support any industry. Uh, that's one of the things that's frustrating when you see chambers of commerce coming out and supporting a no vote on 205. It's like they're cutting their own members' throats by not giving them the opportunity for business.
3: Right, right.
0: And that's, that's where you're going to see a lot of different opportunities, and that's what the Medicine Man Technologies will be talking about. Mm-hmm. They're going to show people the different levels of entry into the uh, industry.
3: And how non-cannabis businesses can support the industry in a major way. Absolutely.
0: I mean, think about all the industries. From insurance to security Insurance, security, accounting, uh, human resources, construction. (laughs) You name it, all those industries. You know, just because somebody can can grow a a major, beautiful flower doesn't mean they know anything about human resources or the forms that are needed to keep themselves... uh, you know, accounting, tax laws, things like right. that. That That's where the opportunity exists for all these other professionals to come in and service the industry. Right. You, you think about the gold rush. Do you remember any gold miners' names? No. But you remember Wells Fargo. You mm-hmm. remember Levi Strauss. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They never picked up shovels, you know.
4: Right. That, that's one of the things I try to tell people, too. I speak to a lot of people that are like, how do I get into this industry? How do I be a part of it? And my message to them is, don't reinvent yourself, don't do something you haven't done before. Think about the skills you already have and how you can apply that to helping a cannabis business because they really need a, all the help that any business would need, as you said. yeah, I, I've been in this industry now for half a
0: dozen years, and that's the first thing I ask people, what do you do today? You know, what is it that you're good at? What is it that you like? Find that Find that business within the industry mm-hmm. and address that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, who should come to...
0: That's a great question. Uh, What I expect to see is, I expect to see a lot of gray hair there, Uh, which is funny. You know, everybody thinks it's a young person's market. No, that's not true. Uh, But I I expect to see a lot of people that are already in the industry, they want to learn new things. Mm -hmm. But what I'd really like to see is a lot more other people that aren't being addressed. Uh, Kim mentioned it early, that diversity. The women, you know, this is a women run industry, whether the guys know it or not, the women are going to take over, which is fantastic. They're great people. There's a lot of opportunities. A lot of opportunities. Uh, Marvin mentioned it early, the diversity, you know, bring people in, you know, show them that, hey, these are just regular people that are trying to carve a new niche. Uh, I like to tell people it's like being in computers back in the 80s. Well, we got this cool box. What do you what do you think we can do with it? Get into this industry and find out, you know, right. make yourself a player in it.
3: Now, I I would also recommend that people who are completely against it come Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Come down and see that these are your neighbors. These are people that you see in church on Sundays. You know, these are just normal people running businesses. Uh my mom is going to be there. Uh, she's, she's never partaken, but she's really interested in the industry. My cousin will, will be with her. She's got no interest in marijuana, but she's a computer expert. And this is something that, you know, she knows that she can provide that kind of a service.
2: Yeah.
3: There's something that I think is really interesting about what you said. You started out by saying, I think that there will be a lot of gray hair there.
0: Absolutely.
3: Um, what's interesting to me about that is that, um, People who are senior citizens right. are are by far the least likely group to approve of regulation, you know, legalization, regulation, regulation, which is crazy. What, but, but they happen to be the one demographic group that would benefit absolutely the most.
0: And they're also the largest growing demographic group of marijuana users. You know, people think you know, you keep hearing over and over, oh, what about the kids? We got to save the kids. Teen use in Colorado has dropped significantly. Yeah, that proven. You know what group has has jumped? It's the forty five and up, mm-hmm. and it, by tripled the number of people uh, below that.
3: And that group, ironically, is the same group that has the largest um, gr- or the the fastest growing number of um, addiction to opioids.
0: Oh yeah, all they got to do is go to your doctor, and uh, you know I'm dealing with it with my parents now. They can go to their doctor and get, you know, jars full of pills. Right. To whatever ails you hear, we've got a chemical solution for it.
3: Right, right. Kim, you wanted to add something?
5: Yes, I think uh, that's such a great point about seniors. Uh, I'm very open about my work in the industry, um, whether it's on social media, to my friends, to my family. I love uh, doing marketing for these companies. Since I've been so open about it, I can't tell you the number of times People have approached me on the side, whether it's a phone call or an email, um, to ask me about how to access cannabis. How can they learn about cannabis, particularly for seniors with chronic conditions? Right. Um, it, because of you know the the drug war and what we have at hand, a lot of times these seniors are very curious but they don't know who to ask about Mm -hmm. medical marijuana. So I'll get, you know, I've heard stories where literally professional women have had to go on the street to get cannabis for their ill relative. Um, So what I love about this expo is it gives individuals an opportunity to come down and learn about cannabis for themselves. Um, Particularly, like you said, a senior, a, a, i don 't I hate to use the word senior citizen, but uh, you know maybe somebody who has some fears about the plant but really wants to learn more for their own health
3: yeah this is something that that Liz Valentine, um, a healer at Green Star Doctors, talks about quite regularly um, that sort of black sheep syndrome and yeah. this is you know people need to understand they do not need to put a baseball cap and dark glasses and a hoodie on to go and you know there's there's absolutely no shame in this industry whatsoever and i think that that's there's there is that a little bit of a barrier for some and i think that why there's such a a a wall up when it comes to people accepting that this is an inevitability in our society you know getting over that stigma and that negative <clears throat> um impression or or uh, perception that they have
0: One of the things that you hear a lot is talk to your kids about drugs. Well, I challenge the kids to talk to your parents about drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this is something that, you know, all right, let's address the seniors real quick. You know, these are people that, you know, they weren't stupid. They lived through the 60s. They lived through the 70s and they've got bad impression. You know, maybe they might have tried a little pot in college and stuff, but then they went on into their own lives and did something else. But now they're at a point in their life where it's like, hey, is this going to help me? Well, come on down. Let's talk. You know, l- introduce yourself. Talk to some of the caregivers that are going to be there. I yeah, know talk uh, to some of the vendors, too. Some of the vendors. Yeah. Ginger Mace will be there. The pain right. warrior crew. Uh, she just kills it with her presentation, you know, and it, it is just one of these things where it's like, just be open about it. You mm-hmm. know, if you're afraid to talk to your kids about marijuana, come on down. I'll talk to you.
3: And if you're a parent, too, I mean, you'll have access to people like Mom Force AZ will be on hand to talk about,
1: you know, and and there's a
3: huge network here in Arizona of mothers who are trying to come together right now and to, you know, help other mothers understand that there's no shame in asking doctors or or going to a a certified uh, clinic to talk about Getting licensed to treat your children with cannabis, there's no shame. As in it. Dimitri, I,
5: and I tend to agree with Dimitri that adults should have an alternative, they should have a choice mm-hmm. to choose an alternative medicine mm-hmm. that has no side effects, um, right. that doesn't have uh, addiction um, a component with mm-hmm. it. Um, to be able to treat, whether it's your child to the senior citizen of your home, To be able to treat with a plant is a right that we should have as Americans in this day and age.
3: Right,
2: right. You know, uh, Stone, you were talking about, uh, if I may go back to the industry and what it looks like and what the misconceptions are. Yeah, certain the old school industry look is, you know, some rugged looking drug dealer from the back alley. Maybe some guy you went to high school with in Chandler Union or Amphi down Tucson, whatever. Uh, and some cartel image that you might have seen on the news or on <laughs> yeah. television somewhere or maybe something in Miami Vice. We'll leave that all behind because now it's it's responsible, traditional businessmen, individuals like Jeff, like Kim, like myself. I mean, I was a prosecutor. Who, me? And, uh, <laughs> responsible. And the demographic that you would feel very comfortable with, the demographic that might be running a restaurant or any other any other business at the local strip mall. So that demographic is in place. And just a real quick interesting story. So since August 8, 2012, I left government relations and came into this industry. I have met thousands and thousands of individuals. The, I have constantly said, you know, I'm a lobbyist for the medical marijuana industry. I'm a big proponent of medical marijuana. Adult use is a different subject. Um, but I'm 100% advocate of medical marijuana. And I'm 100% against prohibition. Um, but so I've met all these individuals that were in the gray-black market prior to the traditional market in Arizona because they were tra- they, they were growing marijuana illegally. They were buying it off of Mexican cartels uh, across the border, transporting it up and then distributing it to Arizona. And then they thought, you know, they, they, these weren't bad guys. They were doing something illegal, but they loved marijuana. You know, some right. of them loved marijuana. Some of them just loved money. And they wanted okay. to trans- transition into the marijuana industry. But these are the guys that, these are the ones that they don't know how to pull permits, they don't know how to pay fire codes, they don't know how to follow regulations, and they certainly don't want to pay taxes. So they're really upset about the new tax and regulate model because they're the losers. Right. They're the losers and the cartels are the losers. The winners are the taxpayers of Arizona – and the business people of Arizona, and obviously the consumers of Arizona. Well, and
3: not to mention education in Arizona, too, which and, is
2: where some of the proceeds will go. Uh, and on Prop 205, with the adult use, it's education as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really it's been a really fascinating journey to to experience. And I'll be at the conference. Uh, so, for example, I'm the kind of individual you'll find walking around. You'll rub shoulders, elbows, what do they say, with different individuals, and you will uh, be able to ask them questions. Right. You know. So right there will be the owners of the giving tree. Uh, mm-hmm. big dispensary in town. Um, you can ask them for a, a tour. You can ask them for a tour of their cultivation, so you can see what these things look like. But you can just come hang out for an hour and ask them what their experience has been. One was right. an ER doctor. One was a businesswoman, yeah. and now they're involved in the medical industry. So that's one of the big advantages of the conference is just the ability to network with individuals who are actually involved already and have had the experience of the last four to six years.
0: And if I could take on to that, this is what the Medicine Mad technologies boot camp on Friday is going to be about mm-hmm. right. uh Dimitri sees it a lot, I see a lot. Kim runs into it a lot. You know people are like, "Oh, I got this great idea. I need investors. Well, great, let's see your business plan uh what's a business plan? You know, so you learn how to get into business. I met with two gentlemen yesterday morning uh young young guys fresh out of college. Man, I was very impressed at what they've got and what they've done so far because they've done their homework, you know. Mm -hmm. They know how to pull permits, like Dimitri was saying. They know how to read the rules, you know, and work within the rules. That's the biggest thing. It's not a bunch of stoners uh, growing pot in their backyard. This is a real industry, and it's time to come out and see it. A lot
2: of credibility and a lot of professionalism. Uh, can Can I tell you about my cartel story? Uh, yeah, quickly. So, so, on August 8, 2012, when I realized when I met the 99 individuals who were holding licenses in Arizona and realized that they were ex executives from large financial institutions, you know, normal mom and pop guys, you know, real estate agent, a banker, all these guys in Arizona, then you from high school. I'm like, where the heck are the cartels? Everybody's saying that the cartels are out there and they're causing trouble and they're interested in this. The cartels are nowhere to be found. I've ha- I've had a standing offer to any cartel in Mexico that I will lobby for them and get them to, uh, to help the, uh, them oppose the legalization of marijuana if it's so important to them. I know a lot of Hispanic individuals, not one person has ever come to me and take, taken me up on that offer. But last, about two, two weeks th- ago, I was called by uh, an, a businessman who was applying for one of the new licenses that were just issued. And he said, come you know, have breakfast with me. I have a group of individuals. And he introduced me to an individual who grows, who will be his grower here in Arizona. And I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. He's like, yeah, my name is John. His name, the real name isn't John. But he said, I'm John. I've been growing in Mexico for the last uh, four years. I'm like, wait, you've been growing in Mexico? Doesn't that make you a cartel? And he showed me all the pictures of all of his grows in, in Mexico. He's like, yeah, the cartels are always trying to stop me out of interac- interactions with local police and all this kind of stuff. He's like, but that's all in the past. Now I'm coming back home to Arizona and I want to grow legally for this guy because that's what I know how to do. I know how to grow. And I want to work in the tax and regulated market in Arizona. So we're taking back jobs
1: from right. Mexico.
2: You know, people just need to understand how these dynamics work. And I'll be at the conference wandering around. I love talking about this stuff.
1: Yeah. So they can find me
2: at the conference all weekend. Yeah. That's, well, and that's and I, do, I do have
0: to interject something. You know, Demetri says there's no cartels. Well, yeah, there is cartels. It's the Wall Street cartel. Yeah. You know, uh, these are the guys that are wearing the suits and ties, and you know they've got the money. So again, you come out, you learn how to get into this business, you learn how to become a, an actual businessman. Whether we're talking medical or adult use, it's it's still a business.
3: Yeah, and also learn how to um, exercise your your liberty and Ex- and claim. The freedom to choose your own medication without um, being poisoned by pharmaceuticals.
5: Snowden, I think that's an interesting point. Again, being fairly high profile in cannabis, a lot of people approach me on the side and ask me questions they don't know who else to ask. And one of the things that I think is really important is you don't have to be a patient Mm -hmm. or an adult user to advocate advocate mm-hmm. for the plant, for the industry, for the economy, for the jobs that are created through right. tax tax yeah. and I'm, I'm regulated. I'm walking
3: proof of that, as is pretty much everyone in this oh, room, yes. I think. Oh, yes. There's you several know, we're people not, in this we're room not users who are, are patients and yeah. several who aren't. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah. right. And, and, you know, you were asking earlier about who do I expect to see there. My cousin is going to be there. Her daughter is involved in education. She She's an administrator in education And when my cousin took a look at where the money is going for this proposition, she's like, wait a minute, how many millions, how many millions is going to go to school? And wait a minute, it's written right here in the law that that's where it's going to go. Oh, uh, heck yeah. I'm going to be behind this, you know, because anybody that's involved, you know, I mean, whether you're a parent or working within the school system, you know, millions Millions more pouring in. It's not going to solve the budget problem, but, boy, is it going to make a big dent. I mean, how many teacher salaries can you pay with, uh, what's the number, 55 million the first year, 80-something in the second? The
4: Tax Foundation says that once it's mature, it'll be $113 million a year for schools a year. in
0: Arizona. Yeah, for just, and that's just part for schools, yeah. you know. So it's like, it's amazing what this can do.
5: Yeah. It's a strong economy already, and there are so many jobs. There are so many people working in the industry. Um, The tax money will benefit the community and the jobs that will be created. It's it's. Very important in, in the time is now. Right. And
3: just, no, uh, oh, and not to mention the health of people who will benefit.
4: Sure. And I was going to say, just look at Colorado. It keeps being named best place to live. And that's why it's so funny to me to see the people that are advocating against the proposition right. talk about how horrible things are in Colorado. It's like anybody that's been to Colorado knows the reality. And that's pretty much nonsense. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And wasn't it Colorado that just uh, pulled in more money for the first time through taxes on the marijuana business than on alcohol
4: mm-hmm. you
0: know so they had to have a tax holiday
4: because they collected so much money in colorado they have a an amendment in their constitution that when they collect more than they expect they have to have a tax-free day and so they had to do that last year for marijuana
2: wow <laughs> No yeah. problem with colorado is how cold it is it snows
0: there Colorado's can beautiful can i can, can attest, attest to that
2: cold through <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but it was it was interesting because Colorado was uh, among the top uh, top teen usage states of illicit marijuana until this law was passed there, and since they've been regulating it, yeah, the teen use has actually dropped below national averages. The one way to guarantee a teen won't want it is to legalize it. Yeah. <laughs> it's no so when longer taboo right
4: they see their parents
3: yeah but but also you know once once we start regulating it those people who choose to use it are going to choose to use it whether it's legal or not and we have to keep that in mind and at least with the regulation we're going to know what's in it we're going to know who's selling it we're not bringing that criminal element over the border
2: yeah, I was talking to a Phoenix prosecutor at a function last Saturday night, and I'm going to take a whole bunch of Phoenix prosecutors on a tour of one of the cultivations. And he's like, Dimitri, like, you know, here's the reality. I know access is not a problem, so I'm quietly supporting you guys behind the scene. Tax, regulate, educate to eradicate, because neither him nor I really are, you know, we, we understand the real big killer in this world is alcohol. It really is. If you read 10,000 police reports, 9,000 of them will involve some sort of alcohol, substance abuse thing. But we educate people to not use alcohol irresponsibly. We all have been educated to use, not use alcohol irresponsibly. Right. Some people do anyways. You
3: know, and there are safeguards to keep kids away from it.
2: Right. And the same thing with tobacco and same thing with sugar. Right. And the same approach can be used with, with uh, marijuana and not cost the taxpayers with police officers' time, prisons' time, prosecutors' time. It's just a more intelligent approach to things. So uh, that's what the whole SWCC Expo is about is people – people getting together to talk about this stuff.
3: Right. Yeah. So, give us that give us that web address one more time.
5: swccexpo2016.com. Okay. swccexpo2016.com. Right. I also want to encourage uh, everyone to come out. A lot of the conferences that we go to throughout the country are very expensive. This is a family-friendly oh, yeah. price. Um, compared to many cannabis conferences across the country. So I really hope to see a lot of curious faces, and uh, I I hope to see people from throughout Arizona attend this conference.
0: And Kim, you brought up a great point about the cost of it. Not only the cost is low for the exhibitors and vendors, uh, it's the lowest in the country. I've been to over a dozen conferences in the past two years, and the entrance fee for people who are curious about it, 50 bucks a day, I mean, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Compared to some of these, uh, Vegas was $700. I thought it was something crazy like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a value. I mean, come out and get educated. You know, learn what it's about. Whether you support it or not. At least know what you're talking about. Right.
4: And you get a chance to meet the business owners, which is invaluable. These people are not necessarily easy to meet, and it's not something where you can just walk into their business and say, hey, I'd like to talk to the owner of this dispensary. You know, they're very busy people, uh, but they will be here, and they'll be talking to people, educating people. So, And Nate brings up a great point. You know, you're going to meet all
0: the people. And, heck, if nothing else, you're going to meet Dimitri and I. We'll be walking (laughs)
3: around. (laughs) Yeah. But what's wonderful, Nate, is that they will get – they'll be very interested in talking to the people that come up to their booths and, and they're so knowledgeable.
4: Absolutely. And that's what people ask me all the time. They're like, how do I get a job? And it's like anything. It's about who you know. So
3: Yeah, exactly. Networking opportunities abound. That's for sure. So, wow. Well, I'm really looking forward to this. And um, don't forget, if you have a burning desire to try to win two free tickets to the entire weekend, Please visit our website, uh, thecannabisreporter.com, thecannabisreporter.com, and you'll see a banner up there um, right on our our news slider that says, win two free tickets to the Southwest Cannabis Conference and Expo. Click on that, tell us why, and uh, then we'll, we'll pick our winner and announce it on Thursday in social media and on another edition of the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. So, Nate, I think we are going to wrap it up, aren't we?
4: Absolutely. It was yeah. a great show today.
3: It was. It was. And I'm so grateful to all of you for coming down to the studio. I'm grateful to Marvin Washington for calling in. I know he was incredibly busy and traveling today. But um, you'll be able to hear him and so many other amazing individuals speaking at this conference. I really hope that you all come out. So, Jeff Redell, Kim Prince... Dimitri Downing, Nate Nichols, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for the
0: invite, Snowden. Thank
3: you for having us, Cannabis (laughs) Reporter. (laughs) You're so welcome. And thank you very much to Josh, our engineer here at KFNX 1100 AM. Please listen, same time, same place. Next week for another edition of the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show, I'm Snowden Bishop. Make it a great day.
0: to Independent Talk 1100 KFNX, Cave Creek Phoenix, a division of Premier Radio Stations. KFNX News Time. It's 12 o'clock.